0: Hello, recording the intro and outro to episode 70. Martinez Evans. Hello, and welcome to One Real Good Thing, where we dive into one thing you can do today to propel your life in a healthy direction. I'm your host, Ellie Krieger. If you feel uninspired to exercise, or you feel like you just don't qualify to participate because you're too heavy, too slow, too uncoordinated, too old, or too anything, this episode could change your life. Martinez Evans, founder of the Slow AF Run Club, is here to help us change our mindset about exercise so we approach it not as a way to lose weight or win a race, but as a way to celebrate what your body can do at this very moment. Martinez Evans has run over eight marathons since his doctor told him to lose weight or die in July 2012. since then he has also coached hundreds of runners and founded the slow AF run club a community of over 20,000 members worldwide he is also the author of the book slow AF run club listen Martinez Evans I am so happy to have you here you you inspire me so much I I I'm going to gush all about it, but um, I just want to say thank you for being here, and we're so excited to talk with you.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So you have had this incredible, inspiring journey over the past 10 years and probably more, but um, certainly the past 10 years, and now you're inspiring all these people, and including me, really, and I'm going to get into why a little bit. But I'd love if you could share your story with us, because I think my listeners are really going to, you know, really be inspired as well by by your story.
1: Absolutely. So 10 years ago, um, I was working at a commission sales job, which required me to be on my feet uh, eight to 10 hours a day. Um, During that time, I developed some hip, some hip pain. Went to go see a doctor. Um, This was the first time he ever meeting this doctor. And he told me, I know why you're in pain me okay well tell me more and he was like you're fat not only you say you're fat he was like you need to lose weight or die so I was taken aback because it's like I came here because of my hip now you're telling me I need to lose weight or die like what does that have to do with anything and then he goes on this rant of like you know you need to start walking to lose weight and all this other stuff and I was just like that's asinine because I'm on my feet all day for my job so like, what do you mean? So I told him I was going to run a marathon. He told me that was the dumbest thing he had heard in all his years of practice of medicine. So as much, but as what I- made
0: you make the leap? What made you as the patient make the leap from you're nuts, lose, lose weight or die. I'm going to run a marathon. Like that's a pretty big,
1: because I felt like this, this conversation was just, asinine it was just idiotic for me right like this doctor is trying to talk down to me he don't know me i don't know him and like you know pretty much everything i'm saying like he's just dumb his nose so me you know being a smart addict smart alec that i am i'm like well you want me to walk around the track i'm gonna run tra- i'm gonna I'm a run a marathon there. so it was more or less that of like since he want to be an asshole, I'm gonna be an asshole too.
0: Like defiance, in a way.
1: Yes, very defiant. Um, so he told me that was the dumbest thing he has heard in all his years of practice in medicine. And as much as I wanted to massage my fist against his face, I did not. Uh, I bought shoes that day and I started running. And um, it's been ten years. well, actually, been more than ten years now. Um, been a little bit over eleven years. And since then, I've ran eight marathons and countless other different different races and distances.
0: So, I mean, it's, it's incredible. And you've also started this Slow AF Run Club. Yes. And how many members are in this run club now?
1: So currently, uh, we are pushing close to 30K now. We're, we're pushing close to 30,000 members worldwide.
0: That is just incredible. And you have this wonderful book. I've just been loving reading this book. Your writing is amazing, by the way. Um, it's the Slow AF Run Club, the ultimate guide for anyone who wants to run. But one of the things I was really noticing about this book is that it's not necessarily just for runners. Like It's definitely runner-specific. So it, it gets into the nitty-gritty of gear and stuff like that. But there's so much in here that I think could inspire anyone Mm-hmm. to move in their body, no matter what their body is like. And I think this is a huge issue. And and one of the things with this doctor, which I'm hoping he's wasn't your doctor for like one minute after that, yeah. uh, um, he didn't see you as a human being, I think. Not I mean, would you say that that is true?
1: Not at all. Did not see me at all.
0: And so you had to take that into your own hands and and make a decision for your health.
1: Yeah, and I think that was the thing. Like, not even just a decision for my health; but this decision for me, right? Um, like, I left that doctor's appointment with like no resolution, like just him calling me fat. Like, you fat, lose weight, and the pain to go away. And and I was like, no, I have like real pain here. So it, it took for me to then find another doctor, you know, have another appointment and then to find out like, oh, you know, you got like hip bursitis and, you know, understanding what that is and, and going to physical therapy and things of that sort. And I I would say like the cool thing during that part was when I was going to physical therapy, I was telling them about the doctor and, you know, me having this goal to run a marathon and their response was great. Like, You want to run a marathon? Let's troubleshoot that, right? And for, I would say, like, eight weeks, my first eight weeks of my journey, I was going to physical therapy and what they told me was like, run before you come here. So whatever pain or whatever issues you might have, like, we can troubleshoot it. We can figure out, give you exercises to strengthen the muscles, give you exercises to um, figure out so that won't happen anymore. So imagine, like, if none of this stuff would have happened or none of that stuff would have happened. Like you wouldn't even be talking to me.
0: Yep. And 30,000 plus people wouldn't be inspired and feel your energy and your passion and, and your ability to help them really in very practical ways. I yeah. love the, um the dedication of your book. I'm going to read it here because this is the crux of it, really. The dedication it's the book is dedicated to the amazing members of the slow AF Run Club and to anybody that has felt they are too fat, too slow, too old, or too fill in the blank to become a runner. And I have to say i I personally think, again, it's not just to become a runner, but to become anything to do anything with your body. I think this is this sort of, um, you call it uh, n- non-traditional runners, right? People mm-hmm. are who are all in these categories. But I think there's non-traditional in every aspect of fitness. And this is a real big problem with the fitness industry in general. I think people feel too old, too fat, too slow, too uncoordinated to all of these things to go to a yoga class, to go to the gym, to go out into the park and play tennis or pickleball or basketball or anything. Right. And so I think this is like, because you don't look like what the picture in the magazine looks like, not you, but one, me, whatever, it, whoever, I think um, this should not stop you. Right. And Martinez Evans is the one who is like the embodiment of this. This not only did not stop you, but this fueled you in so many ways.
1: Absolutely. I have that knack of like taking opposition and or taking something somebody pissed me off of and then like taking that and using it for for just sheer motivation and determination.
0: Well, that is a gift. I'll tell you, that is a true gift. Um, I personally, so I have I have to tell you this funny story, and this is one of the reasons why you inspire me. Well, first of all, I was like an overweight kid who was always the last to be picked on the team in school. And as a result, I I was not coordinated. I didn't develop hand-eye coordination. Nobody would throw me the ball in the first place. So I never had chances to do that Um as I got older, you know, I started being more active and overcoming some of those things myself. But the I posted recently on social media that I I was out for a run and I saw this woman near me, and she was running so slow. It looked like she was like in slow motion, and I was sort of like making fun of her a little bit in my mind. And then I realized she passed me. <laughs> 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 and that's how slow I am. And so that's why when I saw your slow AF run club, I was like that is my people because I'm a- I feel like I was able to get into my head that I'm out here doing it, I'm moving my body, it feels good, I love being outside, and I honestly just run like 1 mile and then walk 1 mile. So I am not I have zero desire to do a marathon. Um, But I really relate to what you're saying, and I think so many people can. Um, So, thank you for inspiring me and so many others. Thank you. Um, So, in the book, um, you say, um, exercise is a celebration of what your body can do, Um, and that your mindset is everything. And you capitalize everything. Your mindset is everything. And I've often talked about this as like, it is your mindset, the way you think about things, that is the biggest change that you have you can make in your life, the most impactful change. So tell me about that a little bit, about the mindset around this and overcoming some of these biases that we're all facing externally and, and within ourselves.
1: Absolutely. So that, that notion of mindset is everything is really what I mean. What I learned throughout this whole process is that anybody can be a runner. Anybody can get active. Anybody can be a gym goer. Anybody can do the thing that they want to do. The thing is just stopping them. It's the muscle in between their ears. That's mainly the thing that's stopping somebody. It's the muscle in between their ears. Because like literally anybody can... Like learn the mechanics of running. Anybody can learn the mechanics of weightlifting. Like all the information is there, but it's the, I don't know. I don't think I belong. I don't know if I can do this. Should I be here? People are looking at me. Oh my God. I, I, I'm this, I'm that. I look like a fool. It's all these other voices that are in your head. That really stop you from actually going out and doing the thing. And I think in my job, as a run coach, as a, uh, a, a person who's, you know, now, a, a, a author in this space or being a thought leader in this space is really, um, uh, helping people to unlock that notion and that notion that I have in a book of like, not everything you feel about yourself is true and not everything you think about yourself is real, right? Like those, know. those are the real, like, those are things And for me to understand that, like, in that given point, running a marathon was the hardest thing that I ever did in my life. Training for a marathon was the hardest thing that I ever did to prepare to to run that marathon. And if I can do those two things, imagine all the other things that I can do that is not as hard as a marathon, whether that's a job, whether that's you know, um, whatever it is, right. Finding a job, talking to friends, finding new friends, moving across the country. Like for me, that marathon was the hardest thing. And now I did it so that it makes every other hard, quote unquote, hard things that I had in my life that I thought was hard, not even hard anymore, because in my mind, I I did the hardest thing that I've ever done in my life.
0: You felt your power, you know? Yes. You felt your power and that is something you carry with you all the time. Yes. Um so back to this mindset shift that i think is so critical and that's mm-hmm. like the name of this of your one real good thing is to move to celebrate what your body can do right. and i really think that's such a critical mindset shift and this is actually another example of how we're so aligned and why i'm so happy to be talking with you today i i posted a an instagram reel on the beach just like doing like a yoga pose saying what if you thought of exercise as a way to celebrate what your body can do instead of something you have to do. And so that, that let's talk about that notion a little bit, this, how the messages we get are that we have to exercise to lose weight, right. To, um, to be healthy, to live long, all of these things, we have to do it, but, or that we have to run fast or that we have to compete, or we have to be on par, we have to, in, in yoga, we have to stretch, we have to be limber, we have to be all these things. And maybe our bodies aren't there, we don't look like the person in the picture, or we don't win the race, or we're maybe last in the race, <laughs> or maybe we don't even want to be in the race mm-hmm. at all. Um So, This notion of just saying, hey, I'm doing this because my body can and because that feels good and it feels good to know and it feels good to flex that, that changes everything.
1: It does. It really does, right? And I think, here's a rant I'm going to go on.
0: (laughs) Go on it. We want it. Give us the rant. I
1: I think the thing about the diet industry, right, is when you think about marketing itself, let, let me just... Before we even get to the diet entry, industry, when you think about marketing, right? When you think about what, what marketing does, right? Marketing is meant to make you invoke a feeling in order to buy products that you don't need or sometimes want, but you feel like you need it because of whatever marketing told you, right? And I think for the weight loss industry, they have done a great job marketing that, oh, you need this unattainable beauty standard in order to sell you tons of useless products that you don't need nor want, but feel like you need it in order to attain a goal, right? And I think what I'm doing and like what other people are doing is to fight back against that, to realize that like we're all looking at this from a deficit mindset, right? Like we're all looking at this from a deficit mindset and that's what marketing does versus looking at it from abundance, to say like, okay, this is what my body can do right now. I'm gonna celebrate it because some people can't even do this. Or just be like, this is where I'm at today. And and that'd be all right, right. And I think that's one of the things that I learned um when when I was a suit sellman, right? Like they tell you, you know, you can't you can't put you can't fit a person for the suit that they were in the past or where they wanna be. You can only fit a suit for them where they at right now.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And to have joy in that. And I think that's the word celebrate what your body can do. And to have joy in that. So my husband was an athlete in college, and now he's like 50 something years old. And he's like, really has a lot of he's beaten up from all this football and rough sports. And so now he's really can't do the things that he used to be able to do. Mm -hmm. And I think you talk about you include, you know, Too old, too slow, too fat. You include this aging in it as well, and I think it's important as we're getting older to be able to. And and he recently said to me, like, okay, I couldn't. I'm playing pickleball, whatever, but I couldn't compete on the on the competitive court, whatever. But I was glad to just be out there playing, and I feel like at some point. That was him celebrating, having a flash of this, celebrating what his body can do instead of mourning what was or what could be or what he wishes was.
1: Absolutely. And I think as we become adults and as life goes on, for some reason, like we suck the fun out of everything. (laughs) Adults suck the fun out of everything. Like. (laughs) If it's not because of wins and losses, like, and then you be like, well, what's the point of this and blah, blah, blah. Adults suck the fun out of everything, Right. And I think that that's one of the things I'm just really just trying to get people to do again is to have fun doing the thing that they want to do. And if you're not having fun, like, cool. Like, let's find something that you can have fun in. But like the message stays true. Everyone should be active, full stop. Being active is so useful. In so many ways, even if you don't lose weight, that everybody should do it.
0: And people in everybody at any age and just at whatever capacity you can. Yes. Yeah, completely. And by the way, I think that would be a hilarious one, real good thing. We could just retitle this Stop Sucking the Fun Out of Everything. <laughs> <laughs> because people are like that with food too. I mean, and I'm a nutritionist and a culinary nutritionist, and I am all about. The idea that we need to have flavor and joy and pleasure in food. And I think that conversation, that's part of the thing that's missing from the conversation with food. And it's really consistent with this fitness thing. We need to have the joy and and know what it feels good and have that endorphin rush and feel our power wherever it may be in being active too. And this is what makes a good life. Yeah. So um, in your book, you have, um, in terms of changing your mind, you have really some great specific ways of doing this. So everybody pay attention here because these are, we're talking about this in a more theoretical way, but there's some really concrete things you can do to help shift your mindset from this, all the things people have been telling you your whole life, or maybe you've been telling yourself, or whatever judgments are out there, From that to actually doing it. And a big part of that is finding the joy. But you say also uh, use, you say a few things, use positive affirmations, check yourself, talk, practice delusional self-belief. You got Mm -hmm. that one down, right? And do it afraid. Like I'd love to tap into talking about these a little bit more. So use positive affirmations. So I mean, I can just picture that poster of the cat on the bar saying, hang in there or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but it could be, um, it doesn't have to be that trite, right? <laughs> Although no. that's a good one, right? So <laughs> what are some positive affirmations you've heard that, you that or that you've done that really work for you? And I hope listeners will also take a minute to think of what are some positive things you can tell yourself that are, that's going to work to get you moving. So, so what are some of yours?
1: So that's a great question. You know, some of mine is sexy pace, like sexy, sexy, sexy pace, Um, slow, but show. Uh, Another one is that, you know, we all can do hard things. And the thing about a mantra, right, is like, like you just don't get out and it's like, oh, like we all can do hard things and like the thing go away. What I really like mantras for is like when I'm actually in the the mist and the muck of like doing something hard. So when you are running and the voices are getting to you and your head and you're like, I don't know if I can stop. These are when the mantras really come into place. Right. Um, in the book I have, and I like, I'll do it by myself. Like I'll run if I have to by myself. Right. And that's that notion of like, it's hard. Uh, I really don't want to do this, but I'll run if I have to by myself. Right. Um, And and, and that's the, that's where mantras really kind of comes in place for me is when I'm really in the muck of something is very hard. I want to quit and focusing on that one thing in order to like help with that fleeting feeling that you're going to have during the hard part. Right. Because that's the thing about feelings and emotions is that they're all fleeting. So you just got to outlast that emotion of like, ah, this sucks. Ah, I can't do this. And focusing on that mantra so that that way you're not necessarily hearing the other voices that are going on so that when you come back out on the other side, you're like, oh, I guess that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be.
0: And then you take that information and that starts to build, that starts to build in your very being that you went, that you did it, that you got past that. One thing for me that helps a lot of times, I don't feel like getting myself together and waking up early on my Saturday to go to my yoga class. And I always tell myself, you have never regretted going. Not once have you ever regretted doing this. Right. And so that just gets me out the door. Even if I don't feel like getting out the door, I know I've never regretted it. I've only felt amazing and like repaired after. So um, so that helps, you know, trying to, and the more you do it, the more you realize what a difference that makes.
1: Absolutely. Know.
0: So definitely those self-positive affirmations. And um, and it's interesting that you say, I'll do it by myself. Is that why you created the Slow AF Run Club? Is because you realized that people needed each other, even though you could do it by yourself, that you need each other and how much this community kind of really helps?
1: Absolutely. Community is definitely one of the biggest things about doing hard things. That There's research that says when you're doing hard things in a community, it, it seems less hard. And it seems it's more enjoyable and you have other people to rely on and additional accountability. And that's one of the reasons why I created the Slow AF Run Club.
0: Well, you've really been reaching a lot of people with it. I might have to join. You don't have to run big distances, do you, to be no, a Slow AF runner? Not at all. Because actually, you know, you, I was reading this recently in the New York Times that just running because I always feel bad that I run too slow and now I don't anymore thanks to you by the way i always feel bad that i run too slow or that i just run a mile like i i really don't want to run more but then i was read and i i run walk kind of then i was reading that just running for 5 to 10 minutes a day at a slow pace can extend your longevity by years like you get the full benefit of running from a health longevity perspective just by doing it a little yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so anyway thanks for giving me the freedom, helping give me the freedom that I can be slow (laughs) and I can also be, um, I can also don't have to go very hard, go long, but also that I could push myself a little too. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think you're saying do the hard thing and talk yourself through doing the hard thing and community can help you do that. Absolutely. Sometimes the hardest thing is thinking about what other people are thinking of you. Mm -hmm. So... Maybe a community also helps you get past that.
1: Yes, because the community is going to help prop you up to say, like, (laughs) those things that other people might say you don't even matter, right? And, like, it's that notion of somebody's opinion of you is, truthfully, none of your business. Like, nobody's opinion, especially opinions that are unsolicited, unasked for, like, it's none of your business. You didn't ask for it. You didn't want it. You didn't even know it was there.
0: Right. And so don't let it define you or shape your behavior. I mean, it's sort of like doing yourself a big disservice, but sometimes you do need the community to tell you that. You need the support of others to tell you. But I love how you say, I'm running even if it's by myself. Um, Check yourself talk. So this is related to these positive affirmations because you're putting a script in your head that's positive. So what do you mean by check yourself talk? How can that What should people do with that?
1: So that kind of goes in with the affirmations. It kind of goes in with like the the inner critic, right? So there's this notion of we all have an inner critic, right? And that inner critic is usually in our voice. So it's literally you telling you that you bad, you can't do this, you don't deserve so on and so forth. So one of the things that I learned along the way of, like, this journey is that, like, if you give this inner critic a persona, a name, a voice, a backstory, then you have something else to reason against versus, like, is you telling you, right? So it's, it's harder for us to reason with ourselves versus reasoning with a uh, a character or a figure, right? So I've I've took it a step a, a step further I have an inner critic his name is Otis he has a raspy voice smokes packs of cigarettes. he's always talking crap right like I see Otis as like a drunk right like there's some love in there of what he's trying to do but like since he's drunk he's just saying random stuff right. And, like, one of the things you can do with that inner critic is, like, oh, like, this is not me telling me, like, oh, this is Otis acting up. Otis is kicking up today, y'all. Like, I need to go sit Otis in the corner. I need to go talk to him. Maybe get him some coffee. Get Have him take a shower. And, like, get him about the day, right? But, like, helping with that makes you realize, like, your thoughts are just that, right? It goes back to the notion of not everything you think about yourself is true and not everything you feel about yourself is real. And, that kind of goes lock and step. So like, that's what it means about like watching yourself talk. So when you add that, that, that critic and you give it a persona and now you have that. And then the other thing that I also do is that, okay, we all can't stay positive, but can you take the neutral approach? So, you know, there's this old wives tale about like this guy, um, and, like, he had, like, multiple bad things happen. And every time he was, like, you know, somebody somebody was, like, oh, like, your crops was infested by locusts. And he was, like, and everybody's, like, oh, that's bad. And he's, like, well, we'll see, right? Or, like, oh, your house burnt down. It's, like, that's horrible. And I was, like, well, like, we'll see, right? And I think that's the thing is that we we all can't take a positive, bad, or I don't want to say bad things, but, like, things do happen to us, Right? Where some people may see it see it as like a bad thing, right? And it, it it may not be a pleasurable thing, but we we all can take the neutral approach when it comes to it. Right, like we don't have to necessarily see it as a, a negative thing. We can kind of just see it as like neutral, and that's why I kind of try try to tell people.
0: Yeah, I really love that. And I love the idea of this personification of your like mean voice, because I totally need to do that. I mean, most people, I guess, they think I'm so balanced. I'm doing this podcast always talking about being balanced and everything. But I have this voice in my head, too, that is so self-critical that I have to just... Shut it up. <laughs> yeah. kind of things. um, but, but recognize it. So I think yes. by personifying it, you're recognizing it. And I love what you're saying about this neutral thing because I think what you're referring to is this Buddhist pro- uh, proverb, basically that um that uh, it was actually I learned about it in a book that was a child's book that I used to read to my daughter. And I think I loved this book more than she did. It was this panda who would tell these stories to these children and they were Buddhist proverbs. And I'm, as I heard it, it was this um, this farmer who had a, ho- a, ho- a horse and the horse ran away. And everyone in the village said, oh, bad luck, bad luck. And he said, we'll see. Mm -hmm. And the horse, a few days later, came back with two other horse friends. So now he had three horses. And everyone in the village said, oh, good luck, good luck. And he said, we'll see. And then his son was riding one of the horses to try to break it in. And it threw him, and he broke his arm, and everyone said, bad luck, bad luck. And he said, we'll see. We'll see. Then the army came to recruit all the young men and the son couldn't go because he had a broken arm. And so it, it went on and on, but um, but I think that's the story you're basically yeah, yeah, talking yeah. about. And um, and that has changed my life, that story, I have to say. And so, um, so, yeah, if you're hearing yourself do negative self-talk for things that have happened to you or things that are going on, trying to stay neutral because you really don't know the outcome in the long run.
1: You don't. Not at all.
0: Um, okay. Practice delusional self-belief. Yes. <laughs> so basically, <laughs> I love this one. I'm I'm I think I might be bad at this one, but um, but talk talk to me. I need to work on my practicing delusional self-belief. This is
1: by far my favorite one. Um, and where it came from was just this factor of this notion of like looking at family and friends and me doing this thing and just looking around but like oh and me being like oh i'm gonna run this marathon not knowing how i'm gonna get there what i'm gonna do whatever who's gonna support me and me being like i'm gonna run this marathon and like family and friends are like well how long is a marathon it's like 26.2 miles and they they have this whole calculation in their head like well like how long is it gonna take you to do this like i know how how long it's gonna take me to drive 26 miles And me be like, well, it's going to take this long. And it's like, "Mm, I don't think that that's, that's possible. And for me to be like, no, I'm going to do this. Right. And high level, right. Everything that we interact with in this modern world came from somebody's head that eventually, that initially people thought were crazy or insane. We all can go to a little switch on the wall and flick it and light come on. Imagine the person who had to create that in the process of creating electricity, right? We all have cell phones (laughs) before that they were using birds or like, I don't know what it telegram and, like Morse code.
0: I think we had just regular phones. I remember that time, <laughs> like,
1: actually. <laughs> like, but before that, like, oh. <laughs> we had, before we had regular phones, you had like Morse code and like right. pigeons and things of that sort. And yelling. Imagine, we
0: had yelling across yeah, the field.
1: Talking in a can. Like <laughs> talking in a can with a string on it. <laughs> and like somebody was like, I want to talk to somebody and I'm tired of doing whatever the thing is. Sending pigeons learning Morse code, sending a telegram. I want to talk to somebody now and then be like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you smoking? Right. Oh, no, right. The internet. Like we are, I'm talking to you from a different part of the world and you see me and I see you and people are hearing this. Somebody made this up right? and the person who made this up did not have people that was like, oh, great. Do that. That's going to be amazing. Most <laughs> of the time, they had adversaries that said, "Where are you talking about? That is crazy." Email, right? The impossible is possible, yes. and, and that's pretty much possible. Yeah. And that's pretty much where I'm getting at is that the the impossible is possible, and everything is impossible until it becomes possible,
0: right? And all the people that are saying it's impossible just need to get out of the way of the person who's doing the thing.
1: Right. So that's where the delusional self belief is, is because on the outside, everybody else is going to think you are delusional, that your goals are unattainable, that you are insane for even thinking of this, that you are completely delusional about this goal. And that's okay. That's why you can have delusional self belief because you're going to be a delusional. You're going right. to know that this goal can happen and you're going to do the work to make it happen.
0: Yep. And doing the work is critical. Actually, I say that I, I I need help with this, but you know what? As I'm hearing you talk, you're absolutely right. I said when I was coming out of college, I said, I'm going to have a, a show on television talking about food and nutrition. I'm going to have a cooking show one day. And everyone was like, oh yeah, right. Great. Good for you. Sure. Good luck with that. <laughs> like that's a pretty insane goal to have because not too many people do that. <laughs> and I just dug in and I just knew there was some part of me that just knew that I could do this. I'm not sure where that fire came from, but it was there. And then, um, and that continues to be there. So, so I'm, I I agree with you that sometimes there's just a spark inside you that says, of course I can do this. I just need to work at it. I just need to keep going and have that tenacity despite all these other voices, right, saying how unlikely it is or all the reasons why you can't or making it impossible for you. Exactly. So I totally agree. Um, And maybe some people feel like it's impossible for them to even – move and be active on a regular basis. I mean, sometimes that might be your lofty goal to say, oh no, I'm going to carve out time to do this regularly. I'm going to join this volleyball team eventually. Or what? sometimes the goal can be lofty for you. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily have to be something everybody would think is impossible. Exactly. Um, okay. So the this one I love too. And this is the last one um, on my list, unless you have more to say beyond, but um, do it afraid. And I think this really gets to the heart of so much also, because so much of what stops us are these irrational fears. Uh, I And I'm going to make a confession right now. My husband always wants me to go play pickleball with him. And like I said, as a kid, I never got picked for a team. I never played sports because I was embarrassed, mm-hmm. didn't feel like I could. And so I'm like, worse than everybody at this. (laughs) And I'm afraid to go out to Central Park and play pickleball because I'm afraid I'm going to be judged. I'm afraid people are going to be watching me and laughing or whatever. And that's, I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) I'm going to do it afraid, Martinez. Yes.
1: And that's really what it comes down to is that fear is by far one of the things that stop us from doing things, right? And I think one of the things that we have to learn is the difference between like true danger and fear. And I think those feelings of danger can feel like fear. And I think those feelings of fear can feel like danger and we kind of get those feelings mixed up, right? Like if there's true danger, yes, I understand not doing that. But like in this modern world, playing pickleball there's no danger there right it's it's just oh i'm afraid of being judged right and i think that for a lot of people really getting to understand it like like that fear is okay and you can go do it afraid um and for me what that really means is like i have a a confession to make as well since we're making confessions right (laughs) i remember when I first got a bike, I remember wanting a bike for Christmas and like wanting this thing for forever and they get the bike. I have like the Christmas celebration, but now it's in, I'm in Michigan. So like there's snow on the ground. So not being able to learn how to ride a bike until the spring. So I remember looking at this bike this whole time being like, oh, I got all these dreams, I want to do all these things with this bike. So then my father trying to help me ride the bike. He hold the back of the seat. He, I'm balancing. I start pedaling. He let go. I go for a couple pedals, and i tip right on over. Cry. I'm, like, telling him, like, I'm sorry. I don't want to bike anymore. I'm sorry for even acting this bike, right? And for him to be like, oh, no, like, we're not leaving today until you ride this bike. You're going to, like, and, and me being like, I'm afraid, and be like, that's okay. But, like, we're not leaving today until you ride this bike. And by the end of the day, like, I was having fun. I was enjoying this bike. And, like, that was the moral of the story is that this thing was scary. Falling off the bike hurt. Like, I had this real fear of, like, oh, like, what if I, like, hurt myself, right? And, you know, there's all these things of, like, well, you got, your elbow pads and your helmet and all this other stuff on so like you're going to be okay. If you fall, that's okay. You can get back up and try again. And I think for a lot of people that notion of like, "Oh, I'm falling or I'm going to fall," stops them from even trying. But they don't they they don't realize what's on the other side. The other side is if you do fall, guess what? You can get up. To try again.
0: <laughs> it's so, so true. It's so true. And so there is no failure really. And then also when you do get to the other side, that becomes, that builds, that builds in your mind. I remember being afraid of skiing. So, so afraid of skiing for so many reasons. And then eventually I learned and it was like one, probably three, it took me like three days to actually of lessons to like really feel like I could ski, which is a pretty long learning curve. <laughs> but I, I eventually, I felt like after that, if I could do that and if I could overcome my fear of being on the mountain and being on these skis, I could kind of do anything. And mm. then just like you with the marathon, it's like, no, I could do that. Of course I could do X, Y, Z, and so on. Of course I can, because I already got through some hard stuff and I know what it's like.
1: Exactly.
0: Well, Martinez, thank you so much. I encourage everyone to check out the Slow AF Run Club, the book, the ultimate guide for anyone who wants to run. And if you want to run, it's amazing. And even if you want to do other activities, I think it's amazing too. There's so much to glean from there for non-traditional athletes, really. Um, as you like, as you as you call people that are too fill in the blank to do sports. Um so thank you for inspiring all of us. And then where what's your uh your website address so people can can find out more about you?
1: Yes, the best place to go find out is slowafrunclub.com. Uh that's where you're able to find our merchandise, um, as well as the app. So we have a mobile app where all the members are at. So, after you get done listening to this podcast, open up your app store, type in slow AF run club and join the club of 30,000 runners around the world.
0: I love it. I'm joining Martinez. Thank you so much for being here. You're amazing. Keep up all the things you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope you've come away with some tools to shift your mindset and get moving as a way to celebrate what your body can do right now. Join me next time for another one real good thing.